Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss the Sega Genesis, Michael Cohen, and the Thick Phone. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Okay, Ryan, we're back. You're back. You were you were down south. You went down south. I did. I, I think. You went yes. to Florida? You went I to was Florida, in Fort right? Lauderdale. I should say that we are a little late on this one. We're actually a lot late on this one. Uh, yeah, because, a little. <laughs> mostly because Ryan was on vacation. But also, I'm very lazy and... And I don't deserve you, get you listeners. And you're too good. You're too good and too. I I tried forgiving. to schedule it early, and that didn't happen. And then yeah. I was like, I'm not putting a board in my carry on. So. There's just a lot going on. There's just a lot happening, and and you know the thing about this is that um, I am a procrastinator to some extent, and it's and often I I will procrastinate us out of schedule. And listen, we got a lot of balls in the air, and then I Whoa. went to Fort Lauderdale Pride, and there was oh, even no. more balls in the oh, air. Oh no, <laughs> Ryan! This is a this is a family, this is a family podcast. Okay, this is a family show for for children. <laughs> please don't talk about sex. Um, anyhow, please don't talk about balls in this podcast. You know how I feel <laughs> about sports. No balls. No balls. Sports or any other kind of balls. Um, look, there's a lot to talk about. There's a ton to oh talk about. Oh my god, about. there's should, so much news. There's so many, so many topics that are that are happening in the world right now. Where do you want to start? Um, do you want to start? With, I want, there's a bunch of tech stuff to talk about too, which um, you know I know everybody will want to hear my thoughts on. Let's go right into tech. Let's talk about tech. So uh, okay, let's just quickly let's just talk about Reggie Fee Ami the. Uh, Head of Nintendo, CEO of Nintendo, is stepping down. End of an era. He's being replaced by a guy named Doug Bowser. It's just Amazing. Like, it's just, I mean, whatever. It's fine. You know, his last name is Bowser. I did a great tweet, which I felt like really should have gotten more traction, um, which is that uh, the new boss has plans to kill off the Mario character. <laughs> this is the end uh, of like the, <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell is furious because Sydney put out a big chapter in that in his most popular book about how there was one kid was named good and one was named bad and one ended up being good and the other one ended up being bad but not the oh, ones that were named I bad. I don't know. That sounds like <laughs> – but that one – that sounds like a parody of a Malcolm Gladwell. No, nope, that was a real article that he was like, it's and like, this proves. It's like you think that people named good end up being good and people named bad end up being bad, but actually the opposite is true. Like yeah. blink. Did you blink? You might have missed that. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, he's a real schmuck. Um, but uh, anyhow. So yeah, I don't know what to say except that I feel like Nintendo is very much a company. I don't know. I maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I feel like it is a company that has is very much like a, the sum of its parts. Yeah. Unlike unlike an uh, uh, in some ways like an Apple, where I feel like you know without a Steve Jobs, they do seem like directionless in many ways. Like I don't think I don't feel like Reggie was like making all of the the big decisions maybe he was i don't know the i don't know the inner workings but to me nintendo feels like a company that will survive and thrive even without him at the helm yeah but he was like kind of a great personality he was like kind of a lovable like he seemed i don't know he li- li- listen eat all executives and tear down all corporations communism forever he seemed like a really yeah, nice I, I regular about, guy but... <laughs> yeah no he seemed like he seemed like a, a nice dude who liked who genuinely <laughs> yeah, he like genuinely was into you know, Princess Peach or whatever. Yeah. And, and and like that's good. That's nice. I don't have a lot to say. Like I he'll be missed, I guess. And hopefully his hopefully Bowser won't blow it. Hopefully they'll drop Mother Three at midnight like Beyonce right before he leaves and and mm. we'll all be happy. 
I forget. What is Mother 3? Oh, is that the... Mother's like the crazy... It's like a crazy RPG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. They released about it. the other Earthbound content in North America, and then uh, they Mother was supposed to go to the 64, and then it got scrapped, and then eventually they made a like masterful GBA title, and then they just kept saying they were going to release it, then when they weren't going to release it, then they were going to release it, and then fans basically did their own translation and put it online, and it's been downloaded like millions of times. So basically everyone's played it, but they still won't put it out, even though everyone would mm. just give them five bucks yeah. for it. Um, yeah. And he has, it's probably the thing he's most discussed as, like, the president of the one of the most powerful video game companies in the world is some GBA he's, title that has never come out. He's, uh, you know, man, he's, uh, he's, he's focused in all the right, he was focused in all the right areas. Yeah. In my opinion. Pikmin. Sorry, I, I'm a little, I have, a, I have to admit, I'm a little bit um, shook right now because just before we started i watched a video of uh, elizabeth holmes talking oh yeah and uh <laughs> i can't you, listen you, you I, don't <laughs> you can't get this somebody, out of your brain <laughs> somebody did a tweet no, somebody did a tweet that was like I, I could confirm this is the voice that i talk to dogs with and it is like it is like oh who's a good boy who's a good boy like, that's the that voice, voice i give to dogs which is like i'm hungry no mom. that's what i mean <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that was the tweet. Yeah. It was that. It was the, that's the voice. The voice that I like think dogs use in my head or whatever. And then in the John Carreyu book, I think, or in one of the related articles that was like big right when it first came, that story first was breaking. Um, someone she went to high school with was like, "Yeah, I can confirm that's not how she talks. Like, yeah. It's completely yeah. put on." Yeah. Anyhow, sorry, it's total uh, t- a tangent, not related to what we're talking about. So yeah, so Reggie stepping down. That's one thing. Okay, Samsung. You talking about this shit? Yeah. Samsung will announce a bunch of new things, a bunch of Galaxy S's. All their but, phones um, have creases now. All their every phone has a slot, small wrinkle. <laughs> no, they in, they introduced a bunch of new Galaxy S10 phones, and I just want to say this: there's there's not a lot to say except let me just say one thing. I have a Galaxy Note Nine, which has the new One UI on it. Uh, they're new, like it's essentially like uh, TouchWiz or whatever yeah. they used to call it. It's really good. Their UI stuff has re- got really really good. Like. Uh, it's very polished. It's very uh, well designed. It like they did a really good job with their like slight tweaks to the OS. I think they've improved upon some things that Google did in stock Android. So for the it all still the, has all the, a couple little touch wizzy moments, but I will say it mm-hmm. is much better. It, it, I I I don't find myself hating it almost at all uh they you know the thing <laughs> which about samsung is, is they a put, ringing endorsement for yeah, a product a ring well they you know but the thing the thing, problem with samsung is they put a lot of stuff they put almost too much stuff into the phone it's like it's like do i do i really need this like i don't think i need this like i get why you're doing it but it's cool i'm cool like anyhow yeah. but what I, but so so that's one thing the other thing is that um if you look at these phones they don't have a notch they have a they're calling it what is it like a punch hole or a punch out whatever yeah, the punch out display like, a bunch of display. Punch. There's a in the corner of the display. There's a little camera. It looks to me very elegant. It's hardly noticeable. Much better it than a notch. Much better than a notch. Much less. Much less intrusive than a notch. It's yeah. in an area of the phone that is rarely dealt with, basically. Um, and it looks good. It looks really good. The other thing they did is they've got a new um, in-display fingerprint reader, which is to me is huge because I truly hate Face ID, and I think that I'm not alone in this category. I know a lot of people who have who dislike face id um john I think is a, a complete tanky for apple products and i showed him the one plus in in display fingerprint reader and he was like i want that like in like in like no, covetous I mean, tones and I mean, it is weird, way better 
the weird thing is that like the face ID thing is so it's such a um you can just it just feels like such a you're like such a stretch to like it's solving a problem notch, that they invented. The I think it's like they're like we want to make this like edge to edge display, but like we don't want to we can't actually do it with a camera in with you know we, we don't want we don't have no bezels but we can't really do no bezels so we're adding a bezel but we're gonna like justify it in this weird it's not way. a bezel it's, it's like, a notch which isn't a bezel like, like wait, i don't what? need you i don't need you to be able to scan my face i get there's no utility out of it by the way a camera can scan your face without having to be like what apple did but the point it is it doesn't need to be a like, connect it's actually more convenient to use a finger print to unlock your phone oh it's yeah more convenient in a million ways like when your phone is sitting flat on a desk and you want to see a notification you just got, it's just way fucking easier to not pick up the device or hover your head above it. I am so tired of posing in front of a display or clicking on fire hydrants to unlock oh things. God. I'm so oh sick of it. Just just put a fingerprint sensor in everything. <laughs> I mean, they could have put it on the side. They could have put it on the back, but whatever. I mean, the point is, okay, lo- anyhow, my point is Samsung uh, like, did – basically did like it out apple to apple in terms of like making something elegant and like useful Mm -hmm. um so that's one thing so then the other thing is they introduced this folding phone it's called the galaxy fold uh here's to me number one i don't think there's a i really don't believe there's a consumer that is asking for a foldable phone at all me neither i think that i think that if you were to make a foldable phone that looked and worked just like a typical phone but then also unfolded. People would be like, that's cool. But it, this is not that. This no. is like a big, clunky, weird thing. Thick with thing like, that costs $2,000. Like a gross hinge. And like, I get it's Gen 1, but like, save it for like, save it for, get to the Gen that people want. Like, you they don't, you don't need it right now. But here's the other thing. That's not what Samsung does though. It's like, no, but I'm saying everybody, other people have foldable phones too. Like, but here's what I'm saying. Here's the other thing. It's like, it unfolds into a tablet. It's like, do you know what people really don't want? Tablets. You know what they really, really don't want? Android tablets. And it's like, I understand that like you can do it, but have we ever asked as to whether we should do it? <laughs> like, should we investigate or interrogate? Like, and anyhow, I just I'm I'm thinking a lot about this this morning because Energizer put this phone out. The Verge had a story about this phone. They have a, a Mobile World Congress, which is like a, it's like four times thick. as thick as an iPhone. It's like literally – it looks like an iPhone, but like it's been extruded. Yeah. She attack, and, she protect, but mostly she thick. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a literally very thick phone. and Very and, but, thick. And I stand it. I want it so no, bad. I want, it, I want it too. Like, okay, listen. It's maybe a little bit on the exaggerated side, but in all seriousness, like I would be down But is that phone. foldable phone not on the exaggerated side? I'd rather they solve a problem that I actually face than a problem they've invented. Like I would be down, very down, with a phone that's twice as thick as the iPhone or whatever, but had insane battery life. Like, like I just think I this. I mean, tech, the technology companies do this all the time. They're like, <laughs> they're like, we made it thinner. It's like I don't care if it's thinner. Like, they're like, it's lighter. It's like that's nice. Like, but it doesn't matter. That's actually not a thing. People aren't like, but it's just know, it's for like, the ad campaign because the thing is, if you doubled the thickness of the iPhone, threw in twice as much battery, guess what else you'd have space for? A headphone jack. Well, I mean, that's not even. I- I'm actually, I'm on the other side of headphone jacks now. I'm like, I'm all in on. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm fight. all in on. Wa- I'm all in on wireless. I don't care. I don't want to fuck with cords. I hate cords. Listen, my uh, AirPods are cute, but I really, really, really sometimes just want to plug in a regular set of headphones. 
I think it's nice to have the option. I get it. I, it's true. I've been to hotels where like there is no like Bluetooth speaker and I can plug in, but I don't have a. I've had a phone without a headphone jack. That's happened once or twice. I was in a car this weekend and I had to do. John wanted to do AirPlay because he had all the directions for the where we were going, and I wanted to listen to put my music on. But in order to do that. I needed the adapter, which I didn't bring with me because we both have AirPods. So we had to decide if we wanted to know where we were going or have a good time getting there. And yeah, it was not great. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. I, but the point is, I'm not – look, I'm all for – Samsung continues to put headphone jacks in their phones without sacrificing seemingly anything. And I'm, like, down. I'm, like, into that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think like I think the Galaxy Note, the one that I have, the most recent one, I mean, I'm I'm – very seriously considering trading it in for a um, S10 Plus because I'm a sick person and I need help. <laughs> uh, but because they also have like an amazing colorway. It's like peach. It's like pinkish peach. Yeah. Like I basically kind of bought the Note because they had like this lavender color, which I thought was really awesome. And now they have an even better color for the Galaxy S10. Anyhow, there's something very wrong with me. I'm like, looking my, very my forward. Family, my family, can't, we can't afford to, uh, to get groceries. But I have, I'm looking like, forward to the day no. that you're getting the iPhone 11, which only comes in black and white and looks and functions exactly the same as the <laughs> yeah. 10 from two years ago. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> Wait, honestly, no, Zelda, came in, Zelda came into the – I have like three phones on my nightstand. Zelda came into our room this morning and was like, you have a lot of phones. I was like, dude <laughs> – I was like, give me, don't even fucking get started with me, okay? I was like, this is my job, kind of. <laughs> like, not really, but it is. Anyhow, so, so, anyhow, so the Samsung, the whole foldable, I just want to like, I would like, we've talked about this for a long time. Yeah, we have. We've talked, I've belabored this. It's just like, but here's what really annoys me is that every fucking article I read is like, I've seen the future and it's a foldable phone or like foldable phones are here. Finally, it's like, Oh, it's like Samsung just threw down the gauntlet to Apple. It's like, yeah, Apple's going to roll out a foldable phone at the next event. It's like, you think that's what's going to happen? Cause it ain't like, it, I just feel like this is a non thing that and no then consumer people asked comparing for comparing the Huawei phone to the Samsung foldable phone. And they're doing like these, like these drooling pieces on it. And I'm like, isn't Huawei like in a war with the federal government? Should we maybe yeah. cover that news story a little no, more no, than no. a phone? No one asked for the whole China. And look, I'm not trying to be like, you know, I'm not a crazy person or whatever, but the whole Chinese phone situation where, I mean, listen, I do not, I, I think like, I don't trust, like, I don't, trust homegrown tech companies at this point right like i'm very wary of all of them yeah no put zuck in jail i don't know what's going on in china right now i don't know what they're doing with my data i don't know where that shit is shooting off to and and like i mean all the phones are made in china so let's be honest like there's no no doubt there is some part of the iphone that is like sending all of my like all of my nudes to you know the <laughs> state state run state controlled media to Pooh bear to winnie the for, for day hey don't do it don't say it. we should talk about that game um uh but anyhow i'm just saying like i think i do think there's some there's some quite to me the most annoying thing about the whole chinese phone stuff is like people are like the new xiaomi and it's like you can't even fucking you can't buy like, it it's like it, it's yeah like i'll watch like the youtubers and they're like check it out like this has a it pops up the front facing it's like who cares no one can buy it it's not real like it's like a phone for a place that we don't live in. Like I don't know what to do with that. And it's all and it's based also, on stolen IP. And yeah, I it's just, also like, not innovative. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like putting the camera in a different place is not innovation. No. It just isn't. Like I, 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 wake me up when you actually do something interesting. Like seriously, you well, know, make a phone that I want a phone that that melt. Oh, here's what I want. I want a phone that's like completely fluid, like a T1000, and like 
in, <laughs> instead instead of it being instead of it being like a v it can be dropped into like a vr headset i wanted to just you just put it on your face and it's like one of those ice face masks you can get that you put in the freezer and it just molds to your eyes and stuff and like has little things that hook i over want your us ears. to realize the dream of the <laughs> 90s which is that phones are carcinogens and they cause horrible brain tumors but they can melt into any shape we want i i think you're i think you're living in that world right now <laughs> I say this while I'm pricing out, literally well, pricing out a, a Galaxy S10. <laughs> Nobia, uh, which is a company which I've never heard of if, before this. Always how I make my per. If I haven't heard of them, I'm like, here's my credit card info. Hey, don't, don't, are product. you coming for Kickstarter right now? Anyway, it's like a liquid <laughs> phone that wraps around your wrist like an mm. Apple Watch. And then you like yes. air wipe over it to like make oh. it do things. And I, I thought like <laughs> air, at, least, air wipe. at least someone's like, you know, trying something. <laughs> but like it's just a completely unusable product. And I just it's going to air wipe over gonna this air thing. Wipe. Just, you know, just air wipe. If you don't, if you don't mind. <laughs> um, no, listen, uh, look. Wait, so what is it, a watch? It's like a watch, but it's a full phone. Me a link? Drop a link. Drop right. a link into me. I'm going to drop a link. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is this is vaporware. This is the Nubia this Alpha. This is fake. And this it, is fake. You fake like news. Wave, wa- wave your hand over it. You air wipe. <laughs> and then it changes. Right, has, anybody, has anybody seen it functioning? Is there yeah, video there's of video of it working. This is, but... First off, one, it's so ugly. It's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. Listen, nobody's gonna use this, but I at least was like, if we're if we're gonna get crazy, let's get crazy. <laughs> like if you're gonna try to push yeah. this narrative on me, might as well make wanna... it a phone shaped like a star that only yeah. exists on yeah. my left butt cheek. Like why not? Let's do it. Let's, I want to. I want to. I want to. I want a phone. A phone that's a belt you can cinch. <laughs> Like, like like the like, like the robe. Batman um like no 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 like a robe belt I want one that's like you could just kind of like put in a lazy tie <laughs> it's like you know what I mean you yeah. can use it's actually I want a I want a phone that is that is literally a replacement for your robe belt <laughs> and I could just kind of lazily you know right after the shower just get my phone belt out <laughs> um anyhow no look I don't know there's a lot of bullshit out there it's 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 a bad scene but it's but just weird want... to watch everybody drool over stuff that like doesn't work um what I all I really want is for more than anything is for the media to be honest and clear with its with its audience about what is really going on which is like we're in this ridiculous valley of innovation and people are desperately grabbing at people anything. just miss drooling I think that's what it is we just miss like the covetous fun of new iPhones coming out like it's just from, we're in a different you know, we're just in a different seven we're in a different era man 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 <laughs> like I'm like a man I've like became like a Manchester guy for one second anyhow uh all right what else is going on that's that's uh, is that all the phone news I think it that's all the is. phone news we got is there any other more tech any things other? what oh I love tech as you know do what you want to go got? fun or sad fun or sad but let's do fun and then we'll do a sad one well I think this is fun you're gonna think it's sad I love it Sega is putting out a Genesis slash Mega Drive mini like classic mini in the style of the PlayStation and the Nintendo mini consoles. Um, But that was announced a while ago. And then we didn't really hear anything about it until eventually at games, which is this like dinky little like 
one of those clone companies that just like pumps out 700 game in one things and they put them out at CVS had the license for Sega because it was just like a way for them to make money before this trend actually caught on. So then they pulled their involvement in this because everyone was like, hey, if you're going to do this, could you make it work maybe? And Sega was like, yeah, that's actually a great idea. So they got at games out of there and now they're um, putting polls on their website to try to see like which games people want really the emulation heavily optimized for. And so the thinking is that they're going to really put effort into making this a fun little toy for probably the holiday weekend, um, holiday weekend, the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like, you fast forward. You're like, it's black Friday. Um, uh, here's what I have to say. Okay. I'm going to give a, I have a bold opinion on this. Yeah. Are you ready? Just let Sega do something, please. <laughs> no, here's my, here's my opinion. So people went nuts over the NES classic. Then, the PlayStation Classic came out, and it was kind of a bomb. Yeah. And I think that we're done with the classic reissues of consoles. I think that what um, like what Analog is doing is really cool, where they're doing these kind of like enthusiast reissues that are like all of like the most premium tech and like the most premium treatment for the thing. Um, and I think that's going to work for a certain segment of the audience. But I think most people don't want to have like six mini systems in their house. I like my little mini systems and I do like the trend and I wish that we would get the N64 or like a Dreamcast or something. But I do understand that like it is a ridiculous thing to keep asking people to buy, spend a hundred dollars and like get 20 really, really, really old games on it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a great model going forward. It's Weird that, like, the virtual console was something we had in 2007 that worked great, and now we have to, like, buy a hacked Raspberry Pi from Nintendo and a piece of plastic, and you only yeah. get a few games on it. Like, that is a very regressive way of doing it, but... Uh, no, I it's extremely regressive, and it's like... And they're not even really kind of, like... Like, they should really create a system where it's like, okay, we're doing this, and there's an ecosystem of all the games, and the games are like a dollar or two i mean there should just whatever. be a netflix for old games it's kind of insane that we don't have that now that's a good now that's an idea i could get behind yeah but like i think the reality is the, the reality is is that um we you know we i just don't think there's a huge appetite you can only have so many um you can only have so many little boxes yeah i just think that people are and also, I think it's a kind of a fad. It's like, I think it was like really a really novel thing when NES did. It's like, oh my God, a miniature Nintendo. And also, everybody had an NES. So it's like very global, but not everybody had a Genesis, you know? And like, I think not, I mean, PlayStation was obviously very popular, but I just think it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's a whole different thing. I think well, the distance between the, the, the original PlayStation, and like even the, you know, the PS4 is weirdly like less of a gulf in many ways than, than the Nintendo to now. Well, well that's not. I mean, it of, is less of a golf, like period. And I think that affects people, like in the way that they, the way they feel nostalgic about things. Well, the idea of like that Netflix for games thing. I mean, that's what Microsoft is trying to do with Game Pass. And we had talked previously about how they were going to put live on the Switch. And the rumor that has developed is that they're actually going to try to just do streaming games in an app on the Switch and really be like platform agnostic. And like they'll put out another Xbox as a way to like you know continue to cultivate that fan base but that they really don't give a shit where you play Xbox games and they're happy to put an app on the Switch if it means you'll download 360 and Xbox One games and whatever else going forward um, and that that might be uh, something they're developing. And I don't know that I hate that idea. Like, it's better than the way that we're currently, like, emulating old things, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess, like, I guess, like, I, I yeah. I mean, I love the idea 
it just the execution is to me i don't know it just seems like it's got a, gonna have a short shelf life you know but mm-hmm. that's my that's my vibe of the whole thing is that the the shelf life for having these little systems and and the fact that they have no ecosystem really that they're not providing them with like like is, well, is the, the ecosystem class- is like MU Paradise and a USB cable. No, but I mean, yeah, but that's but that's but yes, if you want to, like, hack it, yeah, right. So they're not doing it like it's not like they're no, giving you but any they way they made it. it pretty easy to hack. Like it, and it already has built in storage. Yeah, but nobody wants to do that. No, I know. But I I'm saying it, they should make they does. should make games available. They should do like free games. And they should like charge a dollar. People would, yeah. would get into that. Anyhow, well, whatever. in other Microsoft stuff, um, Microsoft's whole military contract uh, debacle. Oh, yeah. This is wild. So 50 employees signed a letter saying that they wanted Microsoft to no longer to terminate their contract with the military because they didn't sign up for um, jobs that are violent, I guess. Um, but yeah. it's not it's, it's not, not a large people. amount of Microsoft employees. No, 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 no. You, there are like hundreds of thousands of Microsoft employees. You yeah. need like more than a thousand. You need like. A lot of people, and and what I would say is like I, I question the the ability for those people to organ, organize, and they they should get some help organizing because I think there's probably a lot of people at Microsoft who feel the same way. Um, I would. I mean, be, EA employees can't organize uh, to get like basic, basic like workers' rights. I I doubt they're going to get Microsoft to pull out of their U.S. military contract. Oh, no, I I think that there. I think one is I think that um the Microsoft I think Microsoft is actually somewhat receptive to pressure i mean as you can see google is any well-organized i think any well-organized group of of workers can affect change within a company i mean you know what i mean like there is a path to getting them to listen but i think that um but i think that you know it it, it's 50 people is not going to do it they made some noise 50 people made some noise you know that's actually pretty interesting i mean let me read can i just read i tweeted this the other day under the terms of the deal, the headsets, which place holographic images into the wearer's yeah, field. Yeah, again, we should say this is about HoloLens, their, like, yeah. their uh, AR technology. Would be adapted to, quote, increase lethality by enhancing the ability to detect, decide, and engage before the enemy, according to a government description of the project. Microsoft was awarded the contract in November. Now, I think the, part of the issue is that Microsoft has lots of government contracts. Uh, I would venture to guess that they provide all of the military's or most of the military's computers. Uh, or, I or, mean, sorry, the, uh, basically the entire military runs on Microsoft Office. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I would venture to guess that there are a lot of Microsoft Windows installs deployed in very deadly environments, like, for the government. You know, oh, environments where they're, yeah. where they're planning missile strikes and they're, you know, they're, like, you know, working on AI to, like, better kill people of color or whatever it is the government's working on right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, and so like, and so Microsoft is already in this shit. I think there is something that's visceral about the idea that like, you're working on this, like, oh, it's going to change, you know, you're going to change, um, you know, manual labor in America or something or in the world, because this is going to make it so much easier to do X, Y, or Z. And then they're like, "Uh, actually, we're going to make it easier for soldiers to hunt and kill people. And it's like, yeah, that's a pretty extreme deviation from what you think the HoloLens is going to be about. But listen, but All this I will say, has going to have a war application. Every that's every news agency that has covered Hololens. It talks about how you know people who work on cars. This will make this you know technology accessible to them. And you know, what if you're a plumber and it's an easy way to you know access all that information in your day to day job? And like that's all really nice. But the reason all of this is being developed 
if we're being honest, is because of a government contract that, you know, they're going to buy a fuck ton of them for soldiers to use in combat. That's I mean, the it's reason it's being a, done. Certainly a big a big part of it. And, but nobody ever covers that, like, part of it. And so at least if these workers can get that to be part of the conversation, I mean, like, that's a start. It's just weird that there's only 50 of them. Like, I doubt that it's 50 people at Microsoft that have this opinion. It's there's 50 people at Microsoft that have this opinion and are willing to, like, publicly name themselves. Right. Yeah, I mean that's the that is the problem. I mean, I do think, you know, I don't know. It's like, can you get Microsoft? I mean, all these companies have these weird government contracts, you know. And it's like, can you get them to stop? I mean, can you get can you get them to stop taking government contracts? I don't think you can. No, I think the government pay the government pays a premium. Yeah, you know, and so it's like, you're not going to get them to say no to money. I mean, unless it's like not that much money. And the public outcry is so great that it's overwhelming. But you really do need, uh, you really do need like serious, like I mean, if no, even one percent of their workforce said something, it would be more meaningful than fifty. Yeah, what is people. it? What is their t- what is their total workforce? Let me just look real quick. Microsoft's total employees, including all subsidiary brands, is one hundred thirty four thousand nine hundred forty four people at the moment. Oh, as go. of twenty eighteen. Okay. So like, yeah, 130,000, 134,000 people work for Microsoft. 1% of that would be significant. Yeah. A significant number of people. You need more than 50. And I mean, I hate to say it. It's just like you you need you need more. But it's but I agree. I, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know. It's hard to imagine working at a company like Microsoft and then having your like, you know, I'm sure people at Google feel the same way. They're like, "Wait, you're I don't know how much Google does government contracts. I'm not sure what government contracts they have." But um, or Apple for that matter. I'm sure there's a list of this somewhere. I should I should look at that list. But I'm sure it'd be a real bummer to be like you're like I'm going to change the world, and you're like yeah, you're going to make it easier for the missiles to target people. Hmm. It's like no, that's not what I had in mind. Speaking of uh, tech outrages, mm-hmm. Casey Newton wrote a piece at The Verge about Facebook's. I I want to say labor abuses because it is labor abuses, but basically the way that Facebook farms out its uh, content moderation, moderation. Yeah. to subsidiary like smaller companies uh third party vendors that uh they that pay extremely low wages for very high highly taxing work um and yeah. the ways that it's affecting the workforces there and that they sort of are through virtue of being able to pay slightly better than minimum wage or have a stranglehold on these workers who once you even start doing content moderation work like this, you're in need of psychological treatment. And if you stop doing the work, you stop getting the treatment from the company. So they've created themselves like a little vicious bubble in which people are looking at horrifying images all day long for very low wages. Um, and they're not official Facebook employees. So Facebook can continue to tout how well they pay. And you can still look at their like gorgeous offices without understanding that, Throughout the U.S., there are these little pockets of thousands of workers in a facility doing work that would be that is much harder and more taxing on your life than the work that a lot of people at Facebook who are being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars are being paid to do. Well, um, there's yeah, I, I mean, it's dangerous. There, it's dangerous work to look at people. There, there, I mean, images. yes. There, and what's interesting about it is there's actually a lot of le- the story is great. Casey did a great job. Yeah, um, great. And, like, and, and it total and it feels, for that. Yeah, yeah. No, and it feels really meaty. Now, this story has been covered pretty extensively. I mean, the story about their moderators, I mean, Adrian Chen wrote a kind of definitive piece in 2014 about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but and there have been stories since then. But I think this story kind of really sums up that the can. I mean, what is most interesting is the continuing tone deafness of the people who run Facebook. Not only I mean, it's been level, five years and nothing has changed. Yeah, not only at the level of well, they've increased the amount of moderators they have, but they haven't changed like their positions. A lot of their positions on like how those people need to be treated as workers and how and how they view moderation, like the the what's so interesting about the piece is there's still so much like that Facebook doesn't see as problematic within its service um there's still so much that they accept as like that they find acceptable sort of for discourse see what and what what struck me was not even that they find it acceptable the like willful blindness that they've created for themselves by having it at a distance that they don't even accept they don't even want to know that this is the case let alone like well, right well yeah i mean farming it out is one thing and then you know they're you know they're farming it out and then they're and they're tr- and they're treating the people they're farming it out to really badly i mean some of the stuff in the story is insane like they get these like 9 minute like like trauma breaks or what do they call it actually wellness really, time you know something like that and it's like people are like oh i use that to use the bathroom because um because uh, it's like there are shorter lines. Now, look, I mean, this is to me, this is exactly the kind. I mean, this is like some like the end result of like all this technical innovation is you've got this whole class of worker here that is like completely abused in a brand new way. It's a like, psychological sweatshop. It, it's it's a exactly a psychological sweatshop is the perfect is the perfect phrase for it. It is like working and and I think that a lot of people would see this and they would be like these fucking millennials or these pe- young people don't know it's like whatever it's like no like like the way your like what your brain sees like what your what your mind is exposed to is like real, right? Like there's hard labor. That's one that's one type of exposure, right? Like for your body and your brain. And there's and there's this which is a different type of hard labor which is like a psychological hard labor. And I think that like one, our tech, the reality of what Facebook is, has created it and has created it. It's done it in such a poor way. It has built so few things into its system that actually allow for this to be done without, like, without having to tax like a human being in this way. But also, it's like the the conditions that they have set up for these people. The way that their average average uh, the moderators make twenty eight thousand dollars a year. $28,000 a year is shit money. The average Facebook employee is a total compensation of $240,000. So, you know, these people are like getting paid fucking min- less Facebook than minimum wage. Facebook made almost $7 billion in profit last year. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not giving them appropriate time to deal with this stuff. They're not giving them like psychological and mental, su- mental health support. Like, but also, I just don't believe fundamentally that Facebook understands the problem, you know? I mean, like, uh, some of these people have to are seeing the worst. I mean, all of these people are seeing the worst that the internet has to offer. And if we think that Facebook impacted our election, even in a light way, or if you think that the what you see on your feed shapes how you see the world, like a lot of people are starting to come around to the idea that seeing perfect bodies on Instagram is like changing the way they view themselves. Um, 
we have to listen to the voices in this piece that are saying, I am start starting, because I am exposed to so many conspiracy theories, I am starting to question reality no, as part of crazy. my job. Like, I, I find like... myself believing that 9-11 was an inside job, even though I didn't believe that, and I can objectively say I would never have believed that. I, like, find myself wondering about that as part of my job, and these people are being paid minimum wage. And no, at some point, we have to question, like, maybe up uploading as much as we want of anything we want shouldn't be the goal of a company like youtube has 400 hours of content uploaded a minute maybe that's an impossible thing to moderate and it's not responsible for a company to allow 400 hours of content to be uploaded a minute like that's insane but like, but like there's also i mean when we when you kind of back out of this whole thing um what is going on that we've created a system where so much so much bad is being poured into it that has to be moderated, you know, like, is this a system that is good or not is the question that I keep coming back to, right? Like, and, and my increasingly, and this is my felt this way for a long time, is that the system itself is bad, that the forum itself is bad. I mean, this is what but we like, said about Twitter. Maybe Twitter just isn't the end of that idea. Maybe this right. isn't the one way we post on the internet. I mean, I just think that, I just think that, that, well, but it's also about like the way we are f arranging ourselves in society. Like, yeah. like, I understand you can like find wonderful things on Reddit, but like maybe the idea of like going to a thing where you look through lists and lists of things to find things that like distract you or entertain you is actually not the right like mechanism, you know? And and like maybe the idea that like we're the whole world is connected and we're all talking to each other in real time is actually not the right idea. And that there are other ideas that we could be exploring if we could just take a break from this shit for a second. And recognize that, like, that doesn't have to be the form in which we communicate with one another. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. We don't have to use those services. It's just that now we all think it's like it's like a, you know, it's like we're like, oh, well, that's just how it's done now. Like, well, that's just how you do it. And it's like it it could be how you do it, but it can also be not. I mean, you can stop. Is what I'm saying. Like, and I think that I think that what people need to understand is that like. I would say probably for 99% of the users of things like Twitter, I mean, let's say 98 to be generous, for 98% of the, of the users of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, there's no, it has no material impact on your life. Like it may distract you, it may give you joy, it may excite you, it may help you find information, but I don't think it actually, I don't think that that is like your life like ha is is truly impacted in a material way by it. like you'd lose your job if you're not on Facebook like that's not true for most people or like you need to be looking at Twitter all the time because you need to know what's going on in the world at, at this like at, in real time it's like that's not true for most people um, most people don't need to uh, become an Instagram influencer as a career like that's just not the reality for most people and so I think like when you start to think about like what is the utility. Like, I don't think there is a lot of utility. I think it's distraction. And and if distraction extracts this high of a price from people, both on the moderation side and on the user side, I think we should really question what the value of that distraction is. You know, is it worth the price that we're I paying? Mean, we, you, there I don't are think it multiple is. multiple pieces that have been written about guys who get red-pilled because they get laid off and then they spend all day on YouTube just watching millions of conspiracy videos. And these conspiracy videos are made because 
it, you can upload as much as you want. So you can just like throw a ton of shit on YouTube, hyper target it, and whatever lands lands. You delete the stuff that didn't land, and then you just go in that direction. And that is now a career option for people to just like meld people's brains in these bizarre ways. And the idea that how we're going to fix that is AI, which is currently not a technology that works on scale yet, or we're going to then pour tons of like exploited workers into like farmed out facilities and just expose them and have them click yes or no on a series of questions. It's just like this. How about we just don't do the initial thing of letting people upload as much shit as they want? Or like, how about if on Facebook you're caught posting a bunch of like fucking nonsense Holocaust denial shit, Facebook, which has made its bread and butter, quote unquote, their real name system to the, so much to the, that it is to the detriment of trans people and people who don't want to be part of a system like that then says you can't use the service anymore like sorry or if you're clicking on these a lot here's your limit for the day you watched five conspiracy videos you're done like i know it sounds onerous no but like there's there's a point at which you you have to be a responsible actor and if someone was in a public library all day long reading violent shit and was caught doing violent shit and then adding books about violent shit they'd be like please don't come here anymore sir I mean, look, the, the, the reality is, is that we have um, – I think the technology has given us some incredible things. I think that I think that the one-to-one communication aspects of technology are incredible. Like I think that – Every job gr- I've ever had is based on tweets. But I think like gr- – well, you're, but you're in a rarefied – you're in like a 1%. But, I, but that's the less thing. Less than 1%. I'm but in what one, I'm, less than 1%. And also, I, I also think maybe this – because it worked one time – just because Megan Amram became a, a comedy writer because of her tweets doesn't mean that's the only system we need to be basing the entire well, internet just, off of. I just think I just think that there is, there is, you know, uh, the dream of the internet. I wrote about this. I wrote the, I wrote this piece called "The Death of the Internet." I think last year, or maybe I wrote it in twenty seventeen. I don't remember. It's all blur now. But, um, you know, the dream of the internet was this kind of like free and open forum where you could exchange information and kind of find anything you want, you know. But the reality of the internet now is that it's been completely um, co-opted and is now controlled by forces that are well beyond the understanding or power of the average user. And like you're talking about massive monolithic tech forces. You're talking about massive monolithic political forces. You're talking about mob, like honestly, like literal virtual mobs of people who are who are like bending and breaking the technology to their will to get other people sort of indoctrinated and 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 so like we went from forum posts to youtube algorithms and we went from like small communities of usenet users that were moderated by like volunteers about uh, you know hyper specific things that people were super interested in and subcultures to basically 4chan which is just anonymous shit posting to like it, it encourage our most violent psychological and trollish behavior. Yeah, no, I mean this what if, you know, the, the whole concept is like what if you could kind of post whatever you want? It's like, yeah, what if um that's not an experiment that I want to see play out on a global scale uh with young when people people's, when people's li- I mean they're literally Facebook is literally responsible for fucking like genocidal action in other countries because of the way that information spreads on it. Like if we think Elizabeth Holmes needs to go to prison, how do we not think that there are things about Facebook that need the government to step in or need us as a society to step in? I mean, if we had a a a government, if we had a government that you could trust, I mean, like, you know, like if there was a, if there are people in power who actually had brains right now, but there are very few of them. It's true. And, you know, like we're also, but also like, this is that, you know, reality is not whatever you are served. 
you know? It is certainly what you make it. Like, your reality doesn't have to be the things that you're being told it is. It could be other things. You can actually change your mind. You can actually make a different choice. And I think that at this point, like, this has to come through, like, human action. Like, I think the change has to be in human beings. It is not going to happen by algorithm. It is not going to happen by artificial intelligence. I, yeah, everyone thinks AI is going to save us. And like- it's, it's, The only thing that can save us is ourselves. And I got to tell you, I do think that what I was going to – what I was saying about the, the, the people who control the internet, like – they don't control you outside of it. Like they don't. They don't control how you decide to interact with the things that they make. And you can actually say no to those things, right? And like, to be perfectly honest with you, my career as a journalist and as a as a person who who makes things and tells stories in like a digital forum is has been for the last decade very much predicated on like having people who follow me on Twitter and people who follow me on Facebook and you know, me sharing things and talking about things and being in this kind of like public forum. And there are parts of that that I love and have truly enjoyed. People have sold if, their viewpoint for years. Do you know what I mean? And that's sort of yeah, what but, you're doing. But if, but if, but if, I mean, if, if tomorrow there was a mechanism through which I could just like turn it off. And by the way, there, I might just turn it off anyhow. Um, like I would, I would do it in a heartbeat because I think the things that are important in life are not happening. The things that are truly important in life are not happening on Twitter. And the things that we should be increasingly concerned about, like our planet and the people close to us and our our actual communities, and I mean, it could be the place that you live or the people that you identify as your community and the health of those communities, they are not, it is not about Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of this other bullshit. You know, that is distraction. That is there to keep you... Uh, paying attention to the wrong things for the most part because like Facebook succeeds and wins when they have your attention and they don't care how they fucking get it. The same is true of Twitter, which is why Donald Trump remains on Twitter, even though like undoubtedly he has violated so many of their fucking policies because um, they don't really have poli – the policies are like kind of whack-a-mole, kind of like pick and choose, kind of like whatever's good for business today. You know, Instagram gives you nothing. Like if anything, it's self-harm as far as I'm concerned, you know? Um, and so the point is like I just think that that – this is we're kind of spinning out here talking about this like but like you know Casey's piece is 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 instructive because it it is a great reminder that um soup to nuts these systems are broken and and on either side of it people are put into this like fucking blender where they're getting just completely eviscerated and i think like we need to really question like what our role as willing participants in that blender uh is and how we fucking find an escape hatch yeah i mean i mean we the civil rights movement didn't happen on twitter and like act up fighting aids didn't happen on twitter and i don't think that black lives matter as much as it was posted about and was able to gain prominence through social like mechanisms it was more posting about things people were doing in the real world and so we get caught in this thing thinking that it's important that we all use the hashtag but what's important is that we all believe the thing behind the hashtag and we put it into direct action in the world not the like performativeness of i yeah i don't think i just want to say i don't think that that there aren't positive communities on the internet there are and i don't think i wouldn't say that there's no situation where you know, there hasn't been a positive outcome from from the use of social media. I think there has. I just think that increasingly the positives are being out – the negatives are outweighing the positives by like a, by a really high um, – uh, a, a really high ratio. And, and I think we just have to find different ways, you know? 
And that may be different. That may be a different way of communicating digitally. But I think that like continuing to use Facebook and well, Twitter it's just not inextricably linked to the way we're doing it now is what I mean. I mean, like, like kind of like everything, people get stuck in a groove. They are like, this is how we do it now. And then they don't ever get out of it. And they, they just wait. They're just waiting for somebody to come along with a new idea. And like, I think, you know, we need to start, we need to start thinking about what those new ideas are and what they look like, because um, the ones in place right now are very broken and not working and they're hurting a lot of people. And I don't see how we can continue as a society in this the, with the with the tenor and pitch of the conversation that is happening every day and i increasingly and i think a lot of people feel this way do not want to be a part of that conversation um i mean actually there was a really great uh i have to find the tweet i think tom gara uh who is uh, works at buzzfeed journalist at buzzfeed posted this but it was a list of or he retweeted somebody it was a list of like the most popular accounts on all of the social networks and the the most popular stuff on Facebook in terms of like what is getting shared is like the dregs of the internet. It's shit like nine gag, you know? And I think that suggests that there's a trend line for Facebook that is very like bad and very meaningful when you think about like where the information to the masses, what the information is trending towards. And I think it's a very, very bad sign. Well, Thinking of large topics that we should all be engaging with, and perhaps the answer isn't going to be tweeting about it. Um, climate change predictions have gotten worse at the exact same time that Trump has nominated a uh, climate change panel uh, to discuss, I guess, whether or not climate change is real or something that the federal government needs to do anything <laughs> about. And it's being led by William Happer, who once compared... The uh, discrimination against CO2 to the discrimination against Jews in the Holocaust. The poor Jews during the Holocaust, I think is what he said. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good stuff. We have a great government. It just functions. It just works. It's just crazy yeah. that like all these environmentalists are cutting out like stars of David and then putting it on CO2 and then killing CO2. And that CO2 is like a living, breathing human being. And it's just it's good that we're finally having this discussion and then it's happening at the highest levels of government. No, I'm just thrilled. This is great. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the, the, here's the one thing we know is is, you know, the rot. In our government starts at the top. I think it's gotten. I think it's gotten immeasurably worse since we've had President Trump. Um, and that at least the hope. My hope there is like if we can vote in a better candidate in, in twenty twenty, then the hopefully the fixing of the problems will start from the top as they should. Right. And and you know look. I hear people – I see people now – I see a lot of people fighting about the Democratic candidates and like I don't – you could run, run a fucking like an orange that's about to spoil, OK? Well, the good thing is that we've, <laughs> we've nominated or we have um, confirmed like 129,000 people are now running for president. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But but none of them are good enough except Bernie. No, none that's of them the are good enough. Know. And anytime you like anything about any of them, it means you hate all the other ones and you, why, you want them to why? fail. Why would you vote for anybody? I'll tell you what's scary. You know what scares me? What really scares me are fans. Fans, fans scare stands. The- not just fans. Stan culture. Stan, no, stands, fans, whatever. If you Just do not be a fan. Yeah. Like, I think it's good to like things. Yeah. But, like, when I see people talk about Bernie Sanders, by the way, I like Bernie. He's fine. I think he's got most of the right opinions. Uh, but so do a lot of other people running. 
yeah. to be honest. When I and, say I like Pete Buttigieg, it doesn't mean I disagree with anything Bernie said, even if I do. But like, but the way that people, the way that people talk about Bernie, I'll be, I'm gonna be honest with you, Bernie people, you sound like the Hillary people. Number one, okay. You also sound like <laughs> you also sound like the Trump. You also sound like the Trump people, and that's not a good look. Neither one of those things is a good look. You know what? Here's the thing: all politicians are cops. Politicians are the ultimate cops. They are like the top cops. That's yeah, the thing that's so cop. fucking insane to me. Like politicians, particularly the president, the top cop. Okay, and none of them are good. None of them are good. Like, just understand this: Bernie Sanders is going to let you the fuck down. I don't care how much you love him. I don't care how much you think he's the fucking the absolute unit or whatever the fuck you're calling him. Uh, he's going to do something that you hate. He's going to fucking go back on one of his promises. He's going to say something that you don't agree with. It doesn't fucking matter. Just pick the cop who would do the least harm. That's what you're looking for. The least harmful cop. And, and by the if way, if you think and, that's and, Bernie, it's fine. But you can say you like things about other top cops comparatively to the like, you know, Oscar the Grouch we currently have. I mean, I'm just saying like people are like uh, talking about Amy Klobuchar being. And now, look, she's I'm sure very hard to work for. If I mean, literally, and Laura and I have been talking about this a lot. The shit that she does, men do have done a billion times. Nobody's written a fucking article about it. Nobody's written an article about it. And it's fine to say, you know, she shouldn't do it and neither should men. Like, that's a fine discussion no, to have. It's, it that's right. It doesn't make Bernie any better that you don't, don't like something about her. What did she her. throw her phone at somebody or she threw a – what did she throw? She threw like a water bottle at she somebody. She ate I'm a so, salad with a comb. She ate a salad with a comb and then told – she said to three of her staffers that she'd trade any three of them for a bottle of water. And by the way, we've all been there. <laughs> also, classic burn. Great burn. <laughs> don't tell me you haven't been there. Yeah, exactly. No, but like, yeah, shitty behavior. But – like the amount of the, like the fucking bloodlust from and I mean people on the left, the bloodlust from people on the left for any of the candidates except for Bernie, at least what I've seen is really foul. And it is like it may first off, it makes you look like a very blind fanboy or girl fan person. OK, um, and that's bad. Very bad. But also you should recognize that like. What you really want to be doing is finding the good in all of these candidates, finding like figuring out who's the most good and the least of the, the, like, the least bad cop and sorting through it in that manner instead of going like, who can we tear the fuck down? I mean, because, what, like, we, what we did the, last time was we found the people we found the things we disliked the most about the candidates and screamed about it instead of finding the things we liked the most about the candidates and screamed about it. And this is where it got us. So, by the way, all the all the Bernie stands. This is how people felt about Obama. You don't remember because you you were in you were in elementary school. But this is how everybody felt. College. This is how everybody felt about Obama. They were like, "Oh my God, he's so awesome," and Obama let everybody down. Okay, because that's what fucking politicians do. You're not looking for the best person. You're looking for the least worst person. Mm -hmm. Okay, and like I don't understand how people can't see this. Like. I don't care. I don't care who the the candidate is that runs against Donald Trump. I have one. There's one thing I want from them, because I know that every single Democrat that is thinking about running, and Bernie, who's not technically a Democrat, every single one of them has better opinions and a better brain than Donald Trump, and they have better policy than Donald Trump. I don't care how, where they fall in any of the categories. I guarantee you that I agree with them more than I agree with Donald Trump. And so you've had to remember, you're not running the, uh, yes, of course, the primaries are going to be brutal, but you need to pick the person who can beat fucking Donald Trump. And it's not just Bernie. 
There are other there are people who don't live in New York. There are people who don't live in LA. I'm not saying you got to go with some fucking centrist. You don't. But just keep in mind that the goal is not to have the the most beloved uh, candidate that makes you the most horny. That's the wrong way to think about it. It's to find the person who's electable. I'm just at the point, I think, where a lot of this stuff all sounds like noise because, like, I, I know I sound alarmist, but, like, climate change is the most important thing we can deal with. And all of them seem to be getting on board in a way that is not just heads and tails, like a complete 180 from what the Trump policy on this is. And so I am not interested in cutting down any of those people. I am interested in pushing all of them as far as we can, as far as they can go. And then whoever comes out in front, we get them and then we push them so that we don't all die. That's where we're at at this point. Like, that's really how I feel. These people are like, these people are like shitty on Elizabeth Warren. It's like, listen, you may not agree with every one of her policies or every one of her talking points. I've actually, I, you can actually see there's like verifiable moments in her policy where she has like fought really fucking hard for like the rights of like human beings and consumers against big banks and predatory fucking credit card companies and shit. Like that's real. Yeah, that, that's people, a real thing that's really and, happened and, and that really and, helps and, people and helps and she's the economy. Had, and she's, which Trump, of course, is immediately like rolled back. But but and that's one of many many places where she's been like an actual advocate for human beings. I'm I'm not standing for her. I'm like she's a candidate. But like people are like fuck Warren, you're a fucking cop. It's like no, she's actually like a pretty good politician by comparison to almost every other politician that exists because all politicians are cops. Again, let's remember that all politicians are bad. All people who want that kind of power yeah, for the most part are bad. Anyone who wants to be a president is a narcissist to begin with. So you're already starting with a pool of narcissists. I love AOC, but when the shit, when whatever the thing is that comes out that you don't like and you're all fucking disappointed, I won't be one of you. Whenever she has the bad opinion or the weird thing about her finances or like whatever it is that's going to like turn you off from standing AOC, you'll feel really hurt and really emotional. And I'm going to be like, yeah, she's a politician. She's like desperately, hungrily grabbing for power. The more of it she can get, the better. And by the way, she may do good things with that power. I hope she does. That's the best we can hope for in any politician. But you have to remember that it's a fucking game and they're playing it. And that's not normal. Most people don't play that game. And so, you know, I think if you keep in mind that all politicians are basically fundamentally kind of like broken people that should be um, regarded with sort of suspicion. I mean, I the think job a, is accruing power. That's literally the job they signed up for. You know, and sometimes you use the power for good and sometimes you use it for evil, you know? Um, well, I mean, maybe that brings us to Michael Cohen stuff. Oh, my God. Does it? Michael Cohen, things are going well. <laughs> Michael What's Cohen, happening? I think we can definitively say bad for the Jews. <laughs> I mean, I don't, he doesn't seem, I mean, first off, bad for America. Yeah. Not bad for the world, um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't love it. I don't, he's kind of a he's like a son of Sam kind of character, you know. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, oh yeah, Berkowitz. I think he's only half Jewish, but like the the half that matters when it comes to most of the public, <laughs> which is his name, you know. Yeah, and then it's like, did you have to be a Berkowitz, really? Yeah. When when your name um, is David Berkowitz and you're talking to the do your dog about like killing people, people are just gonna make that association real yeah. fast. So yeah. Michael Cohen is like so planned for his testimony is a bunch of accusations against Trump, some of which include actions while in office, not just campaign actions. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's the question is this that I think with all this, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the world anymore. I, I don't know. Can, is Trump can Trump be stopped? No, what what what? what I was thinking a lot. Yeah, I was thinking about the Access Hollywood tape um, the other day, and I was thinking about how, at the moment I was like, oh yeah, he's done. Like, people are going to hear this and be like, this is not a person we want running. Essentially, like in charge of the free world, you know. Um, and it didn't stop him. Like, it somehow the I mean, benefit and of now, being of course, terrible is that nobody's shocked when you're terrible. You could just continue and, and now, being terrible. And now, and now, but what's what, what's so amazing is what it really did. It, it's almost like it made it more acceptable. It, it's like what the thing about it is like it didn't make Trump look bad. It made the act of what Trump was doing seem more okay. Oh, totally. And so, with all of this stuff, you're right. They've gotten so good at playing the talking points, and the way we're getting all of this is like. There's no like mechanism being put into place. Like, yes, this Cohen's going to jail or whatever, but but Trump's already spun this whole thing about how he's unreliable and he's a liar and blah. And it's like at some point it's just going to be like, oh yeah, like the shady Michael Cohen is saying a bunch of things, but they don't really matter and they don't mean anything. And there's no mechanism. You know, nothing's happening to Trump from a legal perspective. Nothing is happening to Donald Trump at all. And so it, until that happens, like, I don't know what to make of any of the stuff that you hear people say. Like, I have no doubt that Donald Trump has broken many laws, both in his role as president and in his – I mean, the, the, he's been taken to court by the federal government on more than one occasion for, like, racist, like, literally racist, like, rental practices, okay? That's what he got. He got caught. Okay, you think that he hasn't done shit where he I mean, he's gone. The guy's gone bankrupt like 17 times. Like he's as dirty as they fucking come. And so at this point, it's like, okay, but now what? Like Michael Cohen could say anything right now. He'd be like, I saw Donald Trump kill a young girl and bury her body outside of his New Jersey home. I mean, what it comes down to at this point is that we need enough people to threaten the offices of the people in gerrymandered districts so that they republicans so that they step up and nut up and say okay we don't like him either because you told us that we're not supposed to and then we'll take him out of office that's really where we are it's at the down to the will of the people at this point because legal (laughs) mechanisms are not happening it's just not happening like bob Mueller's report is not going to be the thing that like well unless that's what turns public opinion if, if that comes out and people just roll with it like they have everything else it it's not a magic fix. Like I, I worry that a lot of people on Twitter are like, well, when he gets impeached, it's like that doesn't just happen. I mean, what will what will be the thing? What would it be? I don't I don't know what how you prove it or like what it is. I'm because I'm not Bob Mueller, but I think if you were to be able to make an illustrated, digestible storyline, because at the moment there's so much going on, so many crimes, so many different threads are supposed to follow of who was where and who did this and what hush payments were here and is that related to Russia? And then he has a meeting with Putin and then there weren't people in the meeting with Putin and then we find out Don Jr. was here. It's so much information. We need like a Watergate style digestible storyline that we will be going with as like this is the main thing to focus on. This is what happened and here is the series of events and here is what to focus on and here is what is chuff and we need to know um what that story is and we need people to understand it and why it is bad for them 
in a large picture and understand that the world won't end if we fix it. If we remove Trump from office, it doesn't mean their their taxes are going to go up or something. It needs to be digestible in the way that the Monica Lewinsky thing was digestible, um, in the way that Watergate is digestible. It needs to be a story that people can understand and how it affects their day-to-day life and how it reflects on him personally. And it can't be a giant web and network of payments going through. It needs to be a clear explanation for people and i hope that's what bob Mueller is working on but even then like impeachments don't just happen because someone broke the law because trump has broken the law has admitted to it and and it hasn't resulted in anything because public outrage is not telling individual yeah, people I mean, in gerrymandered districts that they're going to lose their election even though they've rigged their races you know i'm just yeah i know i'm this i'm just trying to that's what i'm saying is like what is the what gets the public truly on their feet Right. First off, every Democrat, I, I don't believe there's a Democrat who doesn't feel that Trump isn't a fucking criminal. Okay. I don't of think course. there's anybody who no. tr- traditionally votes Democrat that doesn't feel that way. So let's just say that every Democrat, I would say 99.9% of them are like, we're not going to vote for Trump. Right. We agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are we talking about Republicans? Are there Republicans who are excited about Trump right now? I think there are. But I think that they're a yeah. But there's a wackadoo core fan base for everybody. I think they're a small. I think they've got to be a small component of of the overall uh, electorate. And then there's like the Republicans who just vote for Republicans. Now the question that I think you have to ask is like, will those people feel motivated to go and vote? Right? Are they going to feel like I got to get out there and vote because like, you know, we need to keep Trump in office? I I, I think what Trump's undoing will be apathy, which is like. What Hillary's undoing essentially was. Well, it's like, it's just like, I think that the people who, the regular Republican voters probably find most of his behavior distasteful. And some of them, I think, probably will sit it out. I think a lot of people just think this hasn't been worth it because their taxes went up. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what we're coming to. My dad was like, I "I can't believe my taxes went up. I was like, you can't. But now I think he just doesn't give a shit either way about Trump because he thought he was going to get something and he didn't. Wait a second. You're telling me that your dad's taxes went up and he doesn't care? Now he's like, I don't give a shit. I don't understand. You're saying that you're saying that you your dad is not. I'm saying I spoke to both my dad and uh, when I was in Fort Lauderdale this weekend, I met up with a bunch of people at Pride. It was wonderful. We're going to talk about it and nice things. But I went to dinner and I sat down to two friends of a friend from high school who is like a centrist. I sat down with two friends of hers from college who work in um, a government-related job to do with human rights. I don't want to say anything else. Um, But they they are people that I thought would be classically liberal. And when I said like something like, you know, I just can't believe something, something Trump voter, they said, you know, full disclosure, we both voted for Trump and it's the biggest mistake we ever made. We fully regret it. We did it for selfish reasons. Um, We did it for not really understanding a lot of the issues. And when we saw like our tax returns and that like things haven't changed in the way that we thought they would economically for the people that we work with and for ourselves, we were like, you know what? Fuck him. And and now I really can't sign on to a lot of his stuff. They are still Republicans. They still – he, she was like, if Mitt Romney ran tomorrow, I'd sign up. And, like, to me, that's bonkers. But I was like, at least you have the wherewithal to say, like, this is chaos and it's unsustainable. And maybe it took it a selfish 
outcome for you, but at least I can see that nobody, you're not like completely out of your mind at this point, you know? And I think that is a lot, a large swath. There is like probably 20% of his base that would support him if they stab, he stabbed their kid. Like he was right about being shot on fifth Avenue, shooting someone on fifth Avenue. Like he could do that. He was right. But that's because, but that's because he knows the, 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 the kind of like blind, I was gonna say stupidity, but it's almost like blindness of the American voter, which now they've just been conditioned to just be like, I'm voting down the party line. It doesn't matter who the person is. And I think everybody could just, you know, they held their nose is what they do, right? They mm-hmm. held their nose and they said, uh, I'm going to, you know, he won't be as bad as I think he's going to be. Yep. That's what they said. He won't be as bad as, 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 as uh, he, he's talking a lot of shit now. Like but the sky he, is not falling. When it comes, when push comes to shove, he's going to be fine. He's going to be, he's going to actually be pretty. He'll like, step up. You know, I know this guy. I've seen him. And it's like, you know, he's worse than he said he was going to be. That's the thing that's crazy. And people, you know, essentially people need to, um, they, they need to like really, they need to really care, which is really hard to get people to care. Um, and uh, so it's like, at this point, we just have to, we just have to get, we have to get more Democrats out to vote for whoever the fucking candidate is. And we have to hope that there's some apathy amongst Republicans, which will help. If Donald Trump gets reelected, then I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know that this country can come back. I don't know. You know, I I think we may be too far gone at this point. If Donald Trump, if the if the person who is the president, who has created such a destructive and and offensive and terrible presidency, and gone basically back on every promise that he's made, except the most racist and most unfair ones to his m- most crass and awful base. If that guy gets reelected in this country, then this country is, I think, fucking lost. And I have to believe that it is not. I have to believe that we'll see something like what happened in the midterms, which was a huge surge of voters. But I, I, like, I get worried when I see these Bernie, the Bernie bros, man. I do. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to sit it out again? You're going to vote for fucking Jill Stein? You know, are you going to fucking just try to destroy the person who wins the, you know, if Bernie isn't the guy? I worry about the lead up to it. And I worry about when we eventually get to the race, if it isn't Bernie, like how people are going to act for a month. But I do think a lot of people learn their lesson about. I hope so. I don't see it. I don't see it on the Internet. That's for sure. I see a lot of bad actors going back, dipping back in. But I think you know, people I understand it. the big picture a little bit and they get caught up in daily takes. But I do think that when it comes to big picture, people are going to turn out to look, fucking vote. L- look, I'll just say this, you know, um, early Felix, great Fe- hope. Fe- Felix from Chapo is, has been to several of our parties that we've had. And I was talking to him, at, I think it's our first year party or whatever. Uh, we were both pretty drunk and he was like, look, I, I fucked up. I admit it. Like I'm you know, probably responsible for Trump uh, getting elected. You know, I, I hope that that's actually how they they speak publicly. And hope they understand that, like, I hope all these people who are, like, hardcore Bernie bros understand that, like, the stakes are a lot fucking higher than, like, you getting everything you want for Christmas. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You can't have everything you want sometimes. Sometimes you just have to, you just Talk have to, to get, Talk to the like, gay community. We know a little about that. But, yeah, you but know, it, you make thing. those incremental but, but, but improvements. A lot of people, and- but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who grew up in, in a time, they don't remember a time before, they actually don't remember what life was like under Bush. And what people, what was going on in this country? People and they don't, don't remember. remember they, I mean, it's the thing with the gay community where people who, and I know I talk about it a lot, but this, I've been, this is the main way through which I understand the world is that people don't understand what AIDS was like before Truvada 
a daily Truvada pill meant you could live a normal life. People don't understand what it was like before gay marriage or will and grace or like little things that all slowly have added up to a like massive change. There are young people who do not understand, but we're, we work really hard to try to make them understand, but people aren't doing that at a society wide scale. And so there, I agree with every like sweeping what you should want for Christmas. Yes, I am a socialist, but I also understand that incremental stuff will get us there eventually. And I'd rather a promise of eventually than, you know what I mean? Like I love the green new deal and I want everyone to get behind it. But if we can get 80% of it, I will be fucking thrilled. Yes. This is, this is, yes. This is the thing, by the way, like, I mean, I would love to see them. I would love to see a massive new tax rate for the richest of the rich. Like, I think it's fucking insane how much money is hoarded by such a small group of people. And it should absolutely be taxed to fucking hell and back because no one needs like you like if you have 20 billion dollars and 10 billion dollars of it gets taken away to to give like to the world that actually needs the money to like give to the community that allowed you to get the 20 billion dollars and you still have 10 billion dollars in the bank yeah you're fine you've done really fucking well yeah okay it's not that at all it's not even close to that you know and i think like most of these people I mean, the amazon shit is crazy if you look at their the taxes they've paid they paid no taxes in the last few years, none. I mean, we it's need to fuck. talk about HQ two at some time when we have more time. But yeah, I know there's they, actually a bunch of stuff we need more to get to. It's more fucked than I could even. Uh, my opinion of it has gotten so much worse, um, and I would love to have it out because no, we have to. We should have that conversation. We, we I don't have enough time right well, we, now. We we do because we're gonna do another regular show. Um, that's this right. Week, oh, and we'll uh, have that's time. that's right. We're gonna do a basically a double tomorrow week double tomorrow yeah. which is what you want back to back tomorrows um no so we'll do another show we'll probably record on thursday yeah but we can talk about that stuff but um anyhow we should probably wrap up uh i yes. want to talk about this rotten tomatoes thing maybe that's a teaser uh, for the next maybe show we'll do it, maybe we'll do it on thursday yeah there's i want to talk about the, the captain marvel rotten tomato stuff also i saw spider-man into the spider-verse which i would like to talk about but maybe we'll save that i think it actually comes out like today or tomorrow maybe it's out yeah. today so everybody is like seeing it. We have to talk about the Oscars. We got a lot to cover. Oh my God, the Oscars. Yeah. So in two days, we'll talk about a lot of other and things. And it'll be pop culture heavy. But- and feel free to and feel free to ping us at Joshua Topolsky or at Ryan Houlihan um, on Twitter with uh, things that you want us to talk about. And uh, I always forget to say this, rate and review on iTunes, only five stars, but I never yeah. ask for that. Do yeah, that. we don't we don't uh, we don't make we don't want to put too much pressure on the listener. But if you want to give us a great review on iTunes, that goes a long way or anywhere else, frankly, that you do reviews. We're asking Just, for a favor when our episode is several days late. But <laughs> we want a five star, give us a five star review on Amazon. All right. Let's get to nice okay. things. Yeah, um, we got, really got to. And then let, let's slam through it and then we will see you at the end of the week. Just, yeah, let's just slam through nice things. I'm trying. I'm going to try to think of my nice things while right. you do your stuff. I got two. I got one that's okay. really stupid. Then I'm going to go to one that's really meaningful. Um, the stupid one is my new favorite thing to do around my apartment is. Have you ever seen the commercial for any Lexus car? Um, I there was a commercial during the Oscars. There is a woman who does all their narration and has done it for several years now. And she talks in this way that her mouth is is both it's a British accent that nobody has. And she also talks with a mouthful of saliva in this really like ASMR voice. And I love her. And I love that only her and like Catherine Hepburn speak in this way um, or like uh, Moira Rose on Schitt's Creek. And I, I love narrating things around the apartment. So or just talking, rep, rap, rap, rhapsodizing about the Lexus RX. So mm. um, I'm going to do it for you really quick. And then I hope that at some point during your day, um, anybody listening tries it out because it's the funnest thing you can do for yourself. So it's just something where you're like, 
The new Lexus RX is the most powerful thing to ever exist, and I would fuck it if I could. I oh think my gosh. it's beautiful. In fact, I'd like to be a Lexus RX. I've started cosplaying. <laughs> oh, I, know <laughs> I know this person. I just love how in love with the Lexus RX she is and how she makes me in love with the Lexus RX. And now you've heard it so many times that the brand is just going to be thrilled that I'm talking about it. Um, she wants to fuck Alexis RX, and I love her. Uh, so that's one of my nice things. I'm on board. The other nice thing is that I went to Fort Lauderdale for their first ever Pride March, and it was beautiful. It was on the beach, uh, which is one of the most stunning beaches I've ever been on in this. I've never been to Fort Lauderdale. It's like if you took a little slice of West Hollywood or a little slice of like P-Town or some other little like idyllic gay thing you've seen on the internet, um, and plopped it on a beach in Florida and to watch all these people have their first pride during what isn't pride month. I don't, I I guess they schedule it for tourism reasons. Um, but it was beautiful. It was so much less packed than the New York one, which meant that a lot of kids could come and spend a day on the beach and then watch a short parade and then listen to some music. Um, it was so reassuring to know that there's like a community of people that worked really hard on their own community and making it really inclusive and inviting a ton of local high schools to perform in their March. It was, it was, it was really special. And I, I I was expensive and I've not been on a vacation in like the last eight years, like at all, like a real vacation I haven't taken uh, that wasn't for work or something. And it was, I went with a bunch of friends from high school who are the only people I keep in touch with from any of the schools I ever went to. And Many of us are queer and the rest of them are allies. And we had really a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, I encourage anybody to put together like local community events. It doesn't need to be based on an identity or it doesn't need to be based in a tourism spot. Like it was really heartening to see these people have their own thing. And it was and it was all locally done. And it wasn't they didn't import. I mean, other than I think Todrick came and performed, they didn't really import a bunch of international pop stars to do it the way that we do it in New York. We have like Walmart and Kylie Minogue come in and do it for us. It was really their local community that did it. And I was blown away and I had a really, really good time. Um, So that was my other nice thing. Uh, Trying to carry that through my day uh, living in a major metropolitan city is going to be my challenge. But uh, Mm. it was a nice thing. Mm. Um, that does, that's a wonderful is that the end of your nice things uh, yeah I mean it's just that their town is idyllic and beautiful like they have public transportation options and little lots of small businesses and I just thought like this is great this is great mm. it's a great little place well I, I, I that's a really good nice thing um, my nice things are never as good as yours and I find that to I'm be so, so, I, I, I imagine it will be better than the Lexus RX <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if anything could be I don't know. No, um, I I gotta say this is gonna be a really boring one. Um, I had this weekend spent like a pretty good amount of time like sitting in bed doing nothing but reading magazines and playing video games on my Switch. And I think I think we all need to be doing things that are just total fucking like lazy ass downtime activities. And I don't know if everybody's doing it or not. I know people talk about like self-care a lot, and I don't really know exactly what that means. Um, but I got back into Dead Cells, which I think is such a phenomenal game. We've talked about it before. Yeah, it is. Um, maybe my, this is a really bad, nice thing. But I just found it – like I, typically what I do is like when I'm when I'm like not working, I'm still like looking at my phone a lot, like checking my phone a lot. 
And, you know, Kevin Roos wrote this thing in the New York Times, which I thought was like kind of overblown and like a little bit like whatever, because I, I don't think we all have such a neat like he checks his phone when he puts his card. He was like, I have this habit of like if I put my card in a card reader to like read for a credit card purchase, like in the three seconds it takes to like get the signature thing, like I'll check my phone. It's like, all right, that's a bit much. Yeah, that's insane. But I do find myself like looking at my phone a lot. I mean, this kind of goes back to the thing we're talking about with social media, but it's like it's actually like within your power to like kind of stop feeling the way you feel by changing your behavior. And um, and so like I kind of instead I like very purposefully instead of looking at my phone uh, when I was like not doing anything because looking at my phone is kind of like doing something. I was doing things that were like basically offline, and I do think like you can kind of give yourself a break, even if it does, you don't take, have like a whole like life cleanse or whatever. And I did a little bit of that this weekend and I plan on doing more of it. Um, and it felt really good. And I recommend it for everybody. I think it's a good thing. Like to just don't engage with the internet. Yeah. Like, self-care's original definition was like changing your behavior to change your mind and taking time out to set up yourself to react to things better. Uh, now I think it just means buying face masks on Amazon, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, no, it does. And it, of course it gets turned into like this commerce thing. But the other thing that I did is like, um, uh, you know, I, I like just laid around in like really comfortable clothes, which is something that I don't do that much. Oh, my favorite thing. It's really good. I got like three pairs of like gym shorts and like three t-shirts that I've used for two years and they're perfect and I'm never replacing them. That is what yeah. I live in. It's right. Oh, oh, and I have one other nice thing, which is interesting, which actually is sort of opposite of this. Um, You're like, oh, I like I, to be hyper connected in the middle of the no, matrix doing is, work. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a nice thing or not. I don't know much about it. I've only explored a little bit with it. But have you heard of this thing, this app Band Lab? No. I got an Instagram ad for it. Okay. And I was like, what is this? So there's a, a social network, it's called BandLab, and it is really interesting. It is a music sequencer. It's like a looper slash like literal like garage band style like sequencing app, but also has a, and it has a ton of like libraries of like loops and stuff, but you can also record your own stuff. But it has a social media element where it's like you can post your songs and share them and like comment on people's songs, and like save playlists and like... I haven't really explored it at all. I just started messing around with it a little bit because I was like, this is looks this looks interesting. And I have to say, it was actually like one of the it's one of the most interesting ideas for a social. It's it's it, in the way that like it's almost like kind of how SoundCloud was, like when you thought about like the kind of core SoundCloud community, which is like people making music and uploading it. And it's like very one-to-one -one and like you kind of get you can follow like it's like, you know, where SoundCloud rap comes from is like this huge like just like burst of of ingenuity from people who are like making shit in their bedroom this actually takes it one step further where it's like the thing is like a part of the app like the making it is a part of the app anyhow i thought it was really interesting yeah, i don't know awesome. if I, it's like a halfway nice thing right now because i really haven't played with that much and for all i know it's like owned by facebook or it's like you know run by you know the, uh, the saudi prince don't or worry something. yeah the coke brothers will buy a stake in it soon yeah, enough you know, it's like it's like exactly it's like it's like it's actually the coke industries it's like an app that they released to teach people about like how good like coal is or something um no but it's actually kind of cool i don't really know much about it except that i saw an ad for it i thought this is interesting and by the way fucking instagram advertising very good very sneaky but very good john bought um, his engagement ring off of an instagram ad so I've given up. Wow. <laughs> At any rate, I thought it was really charming and interesting. And um, I don't know. It, it's a cross-platform app. They have it for Android and for iOS. The Android app seems very good. 
it's actually like I also like have wanted something that's kind of like garage bandish for my phone and have never really found anything that's quite quite like simple enough but also like complex enough and it's actually like the sequencer is like pretty good like i started making here wait wait a second let me i made one i started one song using some of their loops let me see if i can uh, pull it up for you while we're talking this will be the outro music uh where's my where's my library here it is okay you ready you want to hear this yeah hold on it's very josh Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Just wait. It's got like a little sample and everything. Hold on. Anyhow, you get the idea. How do we get you to produce for Carly Rae? That's my question. I'm ready. Carly, call me. Can I call her Carly? Yeah. You have to call her Carly Rae. Nah, you can call her Carly. Your friends. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Like, I made that in like 10 minutes messing around with some of their loops and stuff. Now, obviously, I have a background in music production, so it might be a little bit easier for me. But like, it's it's like kind of stupidly easy to play around. Okay. All I'm saying is I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting take on social media in that it encouraged creativity in a very material way. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think there's like, no way to make it about Nazis yet. Uh, like, well, that, you know, you know screwdriver is going to get an account on there or something, but um, screwdriver is an oi band. I don't know if anybody knows what oi music is, but it's basically Nazi music. Yeah. Um, the, it's like Nazi punk music. Um, but uh, the, what's interesting is that uh, in the way that like TikTok encourages you to like pretend to be somebody else like it like uses some it's like uses like pop music's credibility to like make you seem important yeah um this is like maybe make something on your own yeah that's awesome you know anyhow cool so yeah that's my nice thing well we'll talk to you soon all right let's wrap up okay yes we have we should go but we're gonna be back later in the week with another episode now i gotta go get some coffee or i'm gonna die Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week. Actually, we'll be back this week with more tomorrow and then next week as well. Until then, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just been told that your family is testifying in court that Donald Trump has committed criminal acts while in office and nobody cares.